What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast. We are your hosts, Colby and Dutt, and we're happy to have you in joining us tonight. I think we got a maybe the shortest and sweetest <laughs> podcast we've had. Of course, we've been long-winded on most of them, but we, we, I think we've said that a couple of times. Oh, this is going to be a quick short one, and then it winds up being the longest one. That's true. We start running our mouths. Yeah, so, that's but, right. But we got some we got some cool little topics to talk about, you know, a little bit of everything tonight. Kind yeah, of a yeah, it is a, it, that's a good way to describe it. Definitely, uh, <laughs> some of the, the female athletes and male athletes, a little bit of every sport uh, that, that we can talk about. So uh, that's true. Yeah, that's and we true. got a uh, got us a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, it was a little a little interesting opening ABC store opening up right around the corner from right. us. And, I waited in line. So how, for, how long did you have to wait? Well, I actually, so it's a kind of a funny story. So so the opening, uh, the ABC store opened officially at 10 a.m. Okay. And I actually drove by Friday night at 10.30, mm-hmm. and there were six people in line. I noticed in the picture you sent me some people with some chairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So those six chairs, there were six chairs in line at 10.30, and, and they were actually walking back over to their trucks because the the sheriff's department wasn't letting you no. camp out, so what they did, what they were doing, was putting their chairs in line, and they had their trucks and cars parked on another lot over, mm-hmm. and they were tailgating. They okay. had a little fire going, mm-hmm. a little uh, <laughs> cornhole going, right. they had some bourbon going, and and you know, I it, you know, I wasn't feeling well, right. and I was almost going to abandon the whole thing altogether because I just wasn't feeling well, and. Uh, so I was like, man, I should I should go home and get a chair and just put it in place. Anyway, I didn't do that. So I went home, went to bed. I wasn't feeling well. I woke up at like 5 in the morning with my eyes swollen shut, pink eye. And uh, I was like, I'm not going. And then I fell back asleep, woke up, and I was like, I, I just got to go. I just can't. <laughs> I, I got to. So cleaned myself up, got up, dusted myself off, got up there about... 745 mm-hmm. and the line was around the building <laughs> at that point and i actually drove around the building was like screw it i'm going home mm-hmm. and i took the left and went around the building and was headed back out and i was like screw it i'm going back <laughs> so i parked got back in line didn't really lose a spot mm-hmm. turns out i was 89th so what is the like the the, the guys that tailgated and, and camped out and all that what what what, what did they get so, so the true unicorns uh, were, was obviously there was some uh, some pappy, mm-hmm. some stag. Okay. Um, there was a uh, I can't remember what it was. There was an eighteen year, bo- couple eighteen year bottles, and there was literally only one bottle of each of these. So, mm. so those were the true unicorns, and then and then the, the rest of it filled in with you know there was a bot- a lot of. Uh, Colonel Taylor's, you know, they had quite a bit of Weller products. They had some Stag Jr., um, some Elijah Craig 18-year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a lot of BT, you yeah. know, just regular BTAC stuff. Um, they actually had bourbon cream from Buffalo Trace there as well that I guess they considered that, a, that, that an had, allocated really? model. Yeah. <laughs> so it, basically there ended up being about two, I'd say anywhere from about two, 25 to maybe 275 total people there right and from what i gather everybody got something 
Um, I ended up, like I said, I was 89th, and by the time I got to the front, you know, Weller 12 and and Elijah Craig 18 year were about the two best choices. Right. And I chose the Weller 12 because, you know, I've, I've obviously been on the Weller yeah, yeah. kick myself. So yeah. But it was it was cool. It was a great uh, it was a great experience. Everybody was really cool in line, and, and of course he's got a TikTok on our page. If if uh, you want to go check that out, that's true. That was a, a little impromptu TikTok. Um, so yeah, so I, I learned a lot standing in line, and you know there's a lot of bourbon groups out there. We've been invited to a couple to join a couple bourbon groups, and in fact the guy that was first in line has a group in Hickory and invited us to the oh, group cool. in Hickory and. So we have a few, you know, opportunities to go taste some allocated okay. bourbon, and yeah, we need to check that out. Yeah, he has a uh, hundred and ninety-four bottles in his collection wow. currently. So nice. Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah. it was cool. It was worth the, it was worth the two and a half hours in line getting <laughs> rained on a little oh, yeah, bit. Oh yeah, that was. A, I forgot that was my original question. How long did it take you? <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, you know, I said all that to say that. <laughs> I love that saying. Um, I finally, yeah, we got around to it at the end, but no, it rained on us a little bit, but not real hard. Yeah. So uh, it was good, man. It was it was pretty decent experience. The ABC store got overwhelmed. Their registers went down, so that kind of. That well, kind of made things a little long. Well, it wasn't even their register. Oh, it wasn't? No, I went in uh, the ABC store down there in Maiden uh, uh-huh. Monday to get just some Maker's Mark. And uh, I walked in, and their cash register was gone. They usually have two of them at, at, up there. And the one I usually go to on the left was gone. And I was like, y'all done some remodeling. Uh-huh. And then the lady was telling me, no, the grand opening, their cash register didn't get there in time. Uh-huh. So they took one of the ones out of out of the other store, so and then I guess it it wasn't used to that kind of volume and <laughs> crashed. Yeah, the, the the cards it was crashing on the cards the interface there. So, hmm. but it was it, it, they worked through it and it was it was run well and we had a good time. You know they gave away uh, six. They did raffles, um, free raffles too for the op- option to buy. Hmm. Uh, six, uh, a twenty-year, three twenty years, and three eighteen-year pappies. Mm, that would have been awesome to have your number pulled out of that. Yeah, I actually, I actually missed one of them by seven numbers. Mm. It was seven people behind me got it, so we were close. Mm. We were close to getting a pappy because I could have gotten a pappy and kept my spot in line. So you could have got both. Could have got both yeah. with with the draw. Yeah, exactly. That would have been nice. Cool. Well, I can't wait to try. I've never had. Have you had? Have you had that Weller's Well? No, no. This this definitely the only Weller I've ever had is uh, the antique. Um, I've had the regular weeded Weller. You mm-hmm. know the green label. Green I've label. had the the antique, the 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 rusty brown yeah. brown label, and then I've had the blue, which is the uh, foolproof. Yeah, the only one I think I've ever had is just the the green label. Like yeah, I gave. I mean, I think I gave you that bottle. Yeah, that's that right. was that was a bottle I got early yeah, on in the bourbon well, craze, yeah. given to me for free. Right. I wish I hadn't given it up now <laughs> because I could build the collection. Yeah, could have put it as part of my collection. Right. At any rate, it was money well spent for me. Yep. All right. Well, let's uh, start off with our opening toast. Sweet. I've got a few that I was going to give out. You want to? You want to go first? You want sure? You want yeah, to... I'll, I'll jump in real quick. Mine will be short and sweet. Okay. I, I, you know, the, the World Baseball Championship finished, and uh, Japan won it. And, of course, uh, Shohei Otani 
looked like the best player in the world. Right. He's getting paid that way, too. Struck out the supposed best player in the world. You know, that's a separate discussion that I would like to have at some right. point on on Trout. But, yeah, it couldn't have been even, you know, more scripted final, you know, final game. You know, That was kind of crazy that it, it came, came down, down to, to teammates yeah. and, you know, one maybe passing of the torch to the other. And, and See, I actually saw where Otani's making like $65 million this yeah. year, this season, just this season. That's crazy. It is crazy. And he's he's the highest paid. But, of course, you're getting the most out of him because well, he's, I mean, he's a pitcher. He's two for one. Yeah, he's he, one, it's a pitcher so. and a yeah, hell of a hitter. A, you're getting a starter and a five-man rotation and a power hitter. Yeah. So, I mean, that seems like a bargain to me, honestly. Right. If you if you think about Ken Griffey Jr. is the, what, the sixth highest paid Cincinnati Red? Did you say <laughs> Fourth. That? Fourth. Fourth. High, even better. Fourth <laughs> highest paid Cincinnati Red. I mean, it seems like you – you're getting a bargain on <laughs> on an all star. Yeah, now he's 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 impressive, and then it, it was like like you said, it was cool that it came down to them two, and and he struck Trout. It wasn't just a a pop up or something like it was a strikeout. So yeah, yeah, it no, was, it was a nice pitch. And they I mean, did they they went undefeated in the classic, didn't they? Yes, yeah, Japan did. Yeah, yeah. every everybody else in contention had one loss. Right. So yeah, so I was it was an exciting. Uh, tournament i loved it it was it was fun to watch the games i watched i think it, i think it you know outside of the injuries that took place you know that could set that tournament back a little bit i think it was a nice display of baseball that major league baseball needed desperately right well and it you know it got some, caught some heat for the injuries but for the most part i think a lot of the players really enjoyed it Really liked playing in it and really wanted to see it stick around. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know. I think every you know. I I actually played my freshman year in college baseball. Um, in college, I played with a, an Olympic. He was on the U.S. Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Um, from a little you know that little small school I, I originally went to. So that was pretty cool, actually. You know, knowing somebody that played on the U.S. Olympic team back then when it was nothing but a you know collegiate athlete. Yeah, amateurs. Yeah, pretty cool actually to see, you know, the patriotism that he had from that. So I imagine a lot of those players feel the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, I got to run with a lot of track members that, yeah, re- represented not only the United States but other countries too. Yeah, um, exactly. So it was, and then watching them compete in, in the Olympics, it, it was it's pretty cool. So yeah, any time somebody gets to do something for their country, it, it kind of takes it to a different level you know right. there's that whole patriotism pride yeah you're 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 playing for the greater the greater good for everybody in the country yeah. so yeah you don't feel like you're just representing <clears throat> yourself or your team you're representing your country that's right so all right well that's is that all you had on, on yeah that? yeah i just all right well you know a lot of times during this segment if uh if a legend passes away we usually like to recognize them so I'm gonna start off with uh, Willis Reed. He passed away at the age of 80. He was having congestive heart problems, mm-hmm. um, so you know it was that's what took him uh, ultimately. Uh, you know, for our younger listeners, they probably don't know who Willis Reed is, but uh, for uh, our seasoned listeners. I always think whenever I hear Willis Reed, I always think of him, that image of him limping out yeah, of the locker room. Right. 
And, uh, you know. Knees all wrapped up. Well, and... it was actually his thigh. He had a torn thigh mm. uh, is, is what it really. And I, I don't even think I ever really knew what it was until, until just now. I just knew he was limping. And uh, so, you know, but he, he helped uh, the Knicks win the 70 NBA championship. Then they won it again in 73, which is the last time the Knicks have won a championship. So oh, they, I didn't I didn't it, realize yeah, that so, was the last. Yeah, so they're in the a Knicks long team. drought. But, yeah, he was rookie of the year, uh, MVP, seven-time All-Star, a member of the 50th and 75th anniversary team. So he's he's a legend. I mean, he's – Oh, he, yeah. He's up there, uh, especially during his era. I mean, he was dominant. He was a physical dominant force. Uh, so, wanted to recognize Willis Reed. Yeah. And then uh, this guy is a former Alabama player that just announced his retirement. And he, when I think of him, I'm, I think he, to me, is one of the most underrated superstars that's come out of Alabama. You know, you don't, and this, and I'm talking about Dante, Dante Hightower. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you think of Alabama linebackers, you're thinking Derek Thomas, Cornelius Ben. You know, you, you think of a lot of guys. But Dante Hightower, you could put him up there with just about any of them, except maybe oh, Derek yeah. Thomas. But, I mean, he was a two-time national champion, three-time Super Bowl champion, just a solid – I mean, and he was a big-time contributor. Oh, yeah. And some – you know, one of those Super Bowls, he could have been the MVP. Should have been the MVP, Should have been honestly. the MVP, yeah. Um, but he – when you think Alabama linebackers, he's not one – he's probably not one of the first five know, that man. come he's, to – He's one of my five, yeah, you know, yeah, but, certainly him and – but, I mean, you know, here recently you're probably going to think of C.J. Mosley before him. and Well, his, see, that's what I was going to say. C.J. Mosley's my favorite Alabama linebacker of all time. Right. You know, just because of where he came into the Alabama legend right. at, you know, with, with, with the time frame. But Dante Hightower, man, he was just like the epitome. Right. The size. What He was honestly, wasn't he our first of our six-foot – Yep. Four, six foot three, six foot four middle linebackers that could just play sideline to sideline. Yep. You know, he was like the beginning right. of the era for us right. having those linebackers. And, and, you know, I mean, we obviously know how great he was and who he was. But it just to me, it just seems like to other people out there, he's not – they wouldn't put him on the Mount Rushmore, but he he's – he might not be on the Mount Rushmore, but he'd yeah, probably be he's, next. He's knocking on the door. You know. Uh, Rolando McLean's another uh, one. Yeah, McLean, you that know. you would think of before Hightower. Yeah, but, you know, he, 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 he fizzled yeah. in the NFL, whereas Dante just flourished. But right. even at the NFL level, he was still kind of like a forgotten one, even though he was right. He was just the mainstay of, that, of those defenses he played on. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I wanted to recognize Dante for – his wonderful career, and uh, and then speaking of uh, former athletes, me being one, I found out today I got to place a vote uh, for the Alabama male and female athletes of the year. And there was about five and five from from each, uh, you know, five males and five females to choose from, from a very you know various sports. Bryce Young was 
was nominated. Of course, I went with Brandon Miller this season. I, I don't see how you could not go with what all he was able to accomplish this year. So I voted for Brandon for my male athlete of the year. And then the female athlete, I went with a, a track and field. And though I wasn't being a homer, but, <laughs> but I went with a track and field uh, female athlete, Mercy. And I don't know if I'm going to say her last name right because she's from Kenya, but I think it's Shalangat. Uh, but she is like the SEC 6,000-meter champion, the NCAA 10,000-meter mm. champion. She's a long She's champion. SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year. She's All-American. I mean, her accolades are like a, a full page long. I'm not going to go into all of them. But as far as cross-country uh, slash distance runners, she's one of the best in the world right now. Mm. So, so I, and, uh, you know, I, I – for me, it came down between her and Montana Fouts, yeah. you know, the pitcher for the softball team. But um, I just couldn't, you know, with her being all these current championships and stuff, I had to go with her. So, so that's who I wanted to recognize was Dante, Willis Reed, Brandon Miller, and, and Miss Mercy. And then, of course, you had uh, Japan. Yeah, Japan uh, was world, world Baseball Classic. Uh, Team more so Shohei Otani, <laughs> right? Right. I like the way the Japanese played baseball. I yeah. just really appreciate their brand of baseball. Well, and that's um, the, you know that's the thing. Baseball, you know, internationally, the U.S. you know it isn't just dominant. I mean, it, it, the rest of the world is just as good. I mean, oh yeah, Latin America. Latin America puts out a ton insane. of yeah. Um, Japan now, Mexico, Cuba, Great uh, Britain. Yeah, I mean you've got I mean, you've got great baseball being played all over the world. You know, basketball for a long time the U.S. dominated in basketball. Basketball has become an international yeah, sport. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like you know, soccer to me, soccer, basketball, and baseball are true international sports uh, where the U.S. isn't going to dominate. Now, football, yeah, we're still going to dominate in football. Yeah, so let's uh, raise our glass. Yeah. Toast all those folks. Cheers. Cheers. What are you uh, partaking on this evening? I forget. No, old Forrester. <laughs> the 1870. 1870, yeah. Well, you know, we, we mentioned we're doing the, uh, the weeded weller. Uh, 90 proof yeah, so uh, 12 years so we both went with a, a 90 proof so I know that 1870s 90 proof I just went with good old maker's mark maker's mark yeah it's a, it's a weeded 90 proof so I figured I'll go with that theme tonight and uh, maybe not distort our taste buds right, exactly. prior to the weller exactly and of course this isn't aged 12 years like that one is so I'm Anticipating that one being just a little bit better. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope. Comes with some hype. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, let's definitely uh, hope that it uh, that it's it's a good one. I haven't found too many I would kick out the door. To be honest with you, it's <laughs> all good. So especially of this old Forester line for sure. Oh yeah, no, that's you can't go wrong with the uh, the old Forester. All right. Yeah, let's 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 go move, from the good to the bad. Move on to the bad guys. Let's go with the scumbags. I got a couple. You got a couple, and I'll go first then. All right. You went first on the toast. I'll go first on the scumbag. 
And uh, I don't know what's getting into these uh, women basketball players. You know, not too long ago you had that, that Texas player, uh, you know, with the handshake line on the, right. the Louisville player, Haley Van Lith, and just kind of held her hand and got in her face and was talking some shit. And, and then Haley kind of pushed her away and kept walking. Well, then this last week, <clears throat> Memphis women basketball player, Jamara, I don't know how you say her first name, uh, shoots. Shoots. She's actually been charged with assault because yeah. she sucker punched one of the Bowling Green players in their handshake line. So, you know, they, Bowling Green won 73 to 60, and this, this Jay shoots, she actually is the leading scorer for Memphis, mm-hmm. their best player, mm-hmm. senior. And, uh, she had enough of that trash talking, huh? I guess you know they also there was also some talk that she caught an elbow to the face during the game. You know I haven't seen any video or anything. the only video I've seen is the video of her sucker punching the, this uh, mm. this girl from Bowling Green in the line. So I don't know these women are getting feisty in the handshake <laughs> line. Well, women can play too now. And then I saw uh, uh, in the game. Between Iowa and Lou- and Louisville, apparently uh, Haley must like to talk shit, uh, trash talk, because uh, there's a clip of uh, what's the g- real good girl, Caitlin. Uh, not, I can't. Uh, I think it's Caitlin Carter. I think is her name for for Iowa. For Iowa. And anyway, yeah. she, she Haley's talking shit. From anywhere. And, yeah, she's like. Look at the scoreboard. <laughs> the, the old classic. <laughs> Tell me, man, them damn, that damn women's uh, tournament. It's, I mean, that game last night, I think, the the television ratings last night for the Virginia Tech game, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they had more te- the better television ratings last night for that game than the NBA has had at hmm. any point this year in any of their games. Hmm. If well, that tells you know, you what, what Dawn Staley's been able to accomplish at South Carolina is, is amazing. It is amazing. Uh, she, G- she's Geno-esque. Yeah. Not quite, though. Not quite. Not I mean, quite, it, but it'll, I mean. If she, would, if she keeps going at this same pace. I mean, we probably, you know, 15, 20 years ago, if we had this podcast, we would probably have said that'll never be right. seen again. And here it is, you know, right on the cusp of being seen again. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, she's she's something else. I I actually have heard rumblings of her maybe being offered an NBA game, crossing over into the yeah, men's game. Yep, as a head coach. I think I think actually she has had some offers in the past and didn't didn't take them. Well, apparently uh, there's a potential offer from Temple University, a men's the men's program mm-hmm. maybe asking her because she's a Philly native. Ah. And so she might cross over to the men's game as a head coach. Hmm. That would be something. That would be the only thing I could see her doing outside of what she has now. Because, I mean, why would she want to go anywhere? I mean, South Carolina is a a beautiful power five to be at. Right, right. She's built her own legacy there. Yep. Yep. So that's my scumbag is Miss Shoots. All right. Who you got? I got two scumbags. I'm going to – I'm going to call out Dana Altman, the, the Oregon coach, the Oregon Ducks coach. Now, this is about a week old now, but they had a, you know, they were in the quarterfinals of the NIT, Oregon mm-hmm. was. They had a horrible season, a losing record. And um, he came on and was, was moaning, you know, he was crying and moaning about the attendance. They had like 3,300 in attendance for their quarterfinal loss to Wisconsin. 
and he was, you know, moaning and crying about nobody was at the game to support the players. They've put in all this effort. Well, they put in all the effort for like a 14 and 16 season. Right. And and it was spring break at Oregon as well. And you and I both know it's spring break. I oh, mean, it's a ghost attendance town. is horrible. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of my scumbags. I'm like, come on, Altman. Who wants to come pay, you know, 20 bucks? Sounds like he's looking for. He's, he's looking for scapegoat. a scapegoat. Yeah, he's looking for because he can blame himself for being 14 and 16 <laughs> at Oregon, especially. Of course, you know they might pick up might pick up LeBron's kid. I, I yeah, saw, I saw where, Oregon yeah, is on. Yeah, yeah. I on think it was uh, Ohio State, USC, Oregon, and there might have been one more. Well, I, I heard later today that Kentucky's a sleeper for mm. him. I didn't see because Kentucky apparently listed. Calipari uh, offered. Him a scholarship when he was born. <laughs> it's a I true think, story. I do remember. It's a yeah, true I do story. remember that. I do LeBron, remember that. LeBron still has the letter. He yeah. wrote a letter and offered him a full ride yeah, when I, he was born. I so, do remember that. Kentucky's a sleeper, they say. <laughs> so so that's that's what scumbag number one. Scumbag number two is kind of an old story, but it's it's come back to light. Is the uh, the two cheating fishermen, mm-hmm. that Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky. Yeah, I remember when we discussed that when yeah. they, when they got caught waiting their fish down. Well, they're finally they finally pled guilty, <laughs> and so now they're awaiting sentencing. You mean but, they didn't try to say that the fish ate those weights? Yeah, itself? right. No, they they did finally admit to it. Well, I thought what was what was kind of funny about that story is, you know the the. The unwritten rule among the fishermen, you know, that that bag fish and weigh fish is that they always donate their fish to a local, um, uh, what's it called? Can't think of, you know, I forget Seafood restaurant? Or no, not a- no, like a soup kitchen oh, or something. Okay. But, but yeah. obviously, well, fish soup. <laughs> um, anyway, they donate their fish. But these guys, they, they've never donated their fish. So that was red flag That was red flag number one. And so finally at this last tournament that everybody has seen the, yeah. the videotape of, you know, the... The, well, I hope they pulled their fishing licenses. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be forever banned. You yeah, know, from, from competitive yeah. tournaments. Yeah, because they were just knocking these tournaments down, winning them left and right. And the fishermen knew. Uh, wh- I mean, what what do you get out of that? I mean, what sense? Money, of- money, and sponsorships. They had to give up okay. their boat. Okay, they so had to give up their boat. So I mean, it was it was just just dirty. just to win. Yeah, just to win at any cost. Hmm. It was a big cost, man. Hmm. Those are my scumbags, man. Yeah, those are true scumbags. Yeah, we had uh, quite a few good scumbags this week. I wonder if Chase Kaminsky's is is related to to the former Chicago White Sox owner Kaminsky. You know, he was involved in the Black Sox scandal. <laughs> well, he wasn't involved; it was his players. Right, but right. I wonder if he's related to him. Just that's an aside. Note. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, let's uh, let's just jump on some some hot topics. Sweet. All right, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with March Madness, March man. Madness while we're talking a little basketball? Yeah, we might. Final Four is set. Can, I don't know if this is the lowest seeded in history, but a 4-2-5 is in a 9. It's ugly. That's, well, I mean, it's, it's ugly, but it's, it's ex- impressive. It's exciting, but ugly at the same time. I mean, time. Florida, Atlantic, San Diego State, I mean – who would have thought? I know. How about this? 
It's the first Final Four in the modern seeded tournament era that not a single McDonald's All-American is mm. in the Final Four. UConn doesn't have one? Uh-uh. And it's, it's also the first Final Four that we have zero projected first-round draft picks. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, these aren't my stats. Right. I, mean, no, no, I no, heard no, this, I, but... I mean, I, I I thought Miami had a pretty high uh, maybe, but I think he might, he, he might be like a second round. Yeah, no, grade. I mean they've they've got a few. You know, obviously they've got good players. Yeah, I and mean, they made it this deep. In fact, it wouldn't shock me that they win it all. I mean, I think UConn would be my choice mm-hmm. to win it all. But I mean, if obviously if Miami gets past UConn, isn't that who plays Miami UConn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if Miami gets past UConn, I yeah, think they'll. Yeah, because FAU and San Diego State play each other. Yeah, you know, I you know what's crazy is I looked at that that when I was making my brackets out, I looked at FAU and I was like, God, they got to be good for a reason, you know, to mm-hmm. run off thirty one victories in regular season. I wanted to I wanted to ride their backs as my Cinderella pick, and just not not I just didn't have the strength to do <laughs> it, man. And and here they are. Yeah. Yeah, there's probably some FAU alum that filled out a bracket with them, you know, getting to the Final Four just because they're alumni. Yeah, why and, not? Uh, maybe why sitting not? pretty. Well, that you know, the the coach, the head coach for FAU, since we're talking on it, Dusty May, you know, there's been some video here lately and, and, and some convo here lately where he actually was – regretted agreeing yeah, to yeah, take their job yeah, he was, when he took yeah, it. Yeah, he was going to back out before he even started. I know, and here he is in the Final Four. Yep. So, I mean, what what Power Five is he going to take? Yeah, there's a lot of lot of talk about, uh, you know, Fairleigh Dickinson's coach has already turned their Cinderella story into a sure. – he took the Iona – you know, Patino left Iona right. for St. John's, so that opened the Iona job. So, Tobin Anderson, who was the FDU head coach – Took the Iona job, right? So yeah, and then uh, you know a couple other coaches that got new jobs out of this. Uh, Bama lost their two of their top assistants. Uh, Hodgson went to Arkansas State, and uh, Charlie Henry went to Georgia Southern. So they parlayed Alabama's great season into getting head coaching positions. Yeah, sure so enough. it's gonna hurt, you know, especially Hodgson because he was one of our he he, he was probably our best recruiter. Yeah, we're although Petway's a good recruiter. No, nah, I would I would think Petway's a good one too, and we're gonna be fine. But I mean, we're like I think we're hovering around 14th yeah. right now in recruiting. We got four four stars already committed, so um, you know I'd like to see see us. I tell pick you, up. the freaking transfer portal is blowing up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. I mean, that's how that's how some of these teams have made it. It's this deep, you know. It's the transfer portal, yeah. so I, you can build your program quickly. Off yeah, of the see, that's what I, I was, you know, thinking. Of, you know, do we do a dis a respect show? And that would have been one of them. Is the transfer portal? You know, what is yeah. it good? Is it bad? You know, you got. I mean, it's not. It's not these kids that are tenth, eleventh, twelfth on the bench that ain't getting any playing time. It's like top thirty recruits. Sure, it's sure. five stars, McDonald's All Americans that are, uh, or they're getting run out of their former universities because the the fans don't want them there. Yeah. Caleb Love. That's what I, I when when I, mean, I saw him go in, I was like, please, Coach Oates, do not do not bring in Caleb Love. Right. I, I don't. Which I, I don't think I don't think Alabama's got many spots available. 
Yeah, but you know, I mean, Caleb Love is a freaking ultra-talented basketball he player. He shoots too much, though. He's he not does, a team player. But, man, if he, be, if he get, begins to knock him down, that's a whole different narrative on Caleb Love. Yeah, but he's too streaky and uh, and he's too selfish. Man, he And he steals his teammates' girlfriends. So athletic. Yeah, he's not a good dude, <laughs> yeah. man. He's a locker room cancer. I mean, no. Please, Coach Oates, do not go after Caleb Love. Oh, and, and uh, we did uh, – had one go – Alabama had one go in, uh, Namari Burnett. Oh, did Namari? Yeah. He put his name in. And I wonder, you know, is he going to go with, you know, Coach Hodgson to hmm. Arkansas State? I like Namari's game. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. like him. He just doesn't finish well. He, yeah. He, he does a lot of little things. You know, he plays hella defense, great defense. Not to not – to, not a super high score, you know. He's not going to drain a bunch of threes, but so yeah, you know, he probably will be able to go some somewhere, a little school, uh, and yeah, uh, and be the guy. Good, good off off the ball, you know. Rebound, he does good on yeah. rebounding. Yeah, no, I wish him well. I wish yeah, him well for sure. But uh, but no, this is. I think the TV ratings will be interesting to see what the TV ratings are this weekend. For the Final Four, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm I'm sure they're going to be good in in certain locations. <laughs> San Diego's probably going to have good ratings, and Florida. Florida you got two teams Florida, from Florida, Florida Atlantic. I don't. Oh, Boca Raton. I think yeah. that's where yeah. Florida Atlantic. And you is. got Miami, so you got two Florida teams. So yeah, man, that Miami team, man, they are athletic. They yeah. always are. I, I'm I'm happy for the coach Jim Laranega. He's a good one. He's a good one. I'm, I'm, I was happy to see him. And then there's all, always old UConn hanging around. Yeah, yeah. Good coaching, man. Good coaching. Yep. Danny Hurley. Danny Hurley, he was fun to watch as a player. Um, I heard heard them. They were talking about him today. So, um, you know, he was – it's funny because they were talking about him. He was really great offensively and horrible on defense. But as a coach, it's he's really opposite. good at defense, <laughs> horrible on offense. But, yeah. But, yeah, UConn looks good. I don't know. I I, I like uh, I like Miami to shock the world. That's kind of where I'm leaning towards. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a shock – at this point, I think the world's already been shocked with. I guess we're all shocked enough with with what the Final Four is. I would at love this to point. see Florida Atlantic win it all, but I just I like Miami's uh, athleticism. I like that Isaiah Wong man. He's the kid's real athletic. It's fun to watch. Yeah. What next? What you got? Anything else? No, nah, no. Nah, the... Well, you know, the only other basketball news was. Uh, Darius Miles, his attorney, filed for a new bond hearing to try to, you know, based on some of the more the new evidence that's coming out that really shows Cedric Johnson being the aggressor in the whole uh, situation. I actually drove by where it happened this weekend because uh, you know it's right by where my daughter lives. Right, is it so, not taped off still? Or mm-hmm. is it- now, so we we cut through that way uh, on our way home, and and she was like, "Yep, right here." So. It was interesting, but anyway, you know. So hopefully, uh, you know, Darius can can get out on on a bond. So, but other than that, now that, that was about it for college basketball. Uh, you know, we we talked quite a bit, both men's and women's side. So, uh, staying in college, uh, you know, the pro days for for the top players have 
have come and gone. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, I think Stroud put on a good showing. Uh, I think uh, Bryce Young put on a good showing. As expected, I, both. You know, it, it's still a lot of smoke screens out there as to what the Panthers' intentions are. Uh, but a lot of, you know, it, after Stroud's pro day, everybody jumped on, oh, they're taking Stroud. Then the next day, Bryce Young shows out, and, oh, they're taking Bryce. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, then there's leaked video of of them telling Stroud, hey, when you when you finally move to Charlotte, let's play a game of horse, you know. Right, so yeah. there's a whole lot of jockeying going on. But I think, the to me, the predominant theme of pro days is they're basically worthless. Yeah, I mean, it's all I scripted. Mean, I mean, anybody can is. throw against air. Yeah, exactly. Put them in a – pair of shorts and a t-shirt and let them throw to players that they're comfortable with and you know what's the point yeah i mean i guess you do you can learn some things in person you you know maybe like maybe interview process well but but also just uh like you know one comment i heard was that bryce really plays taller than he is because his release point is so high yeah yeah and they were also making comments like Wow, he's got a stronger arm than we thought. So seeing that velocity in person versus watching it on video, well, for I Bryce, think some it of those very important because he didn't throw at the combine, right? So I think yeah. some of the some there are some things to to gain from it, um, but yeah, I mean, you still got to look at the tape. You know, it's Will Levis had to have two dinners back to back. He went out with the Panthers for appetizers and a salad and then went out with the Texans for steak and a potato and they were asking him what he was going to eat and drink you know and I said you I said if you don't want to get drafted by the Panthers get drunk (laughs) get drunk while you're at the table I don't he he's clearly third or fourth he definitely there's no way he's getting drafted ahead of Bryce or Stroud no, I mean, I and I honestly, I think, I think it's going to be Bryce Young personally. I, I just, I'm starting to get that vibe. I, I feel like it's too many, too many smoke and mirrors leaning towards Stroud. I just think it's going to be Bryce Young, just yeah. because he's, he's so NFL IQ ready. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're worried about, if you're worried about his size, then, then obviously pass on him, but. He survived the SEC. And that's what D'Amico Ryans, you know, yeah. the new head coach of the Texans, he said he doesn't care what kind of – what the size is. He said it's not an issue. It's he not said, an issue. He said, look at the tape. You see what he did against the best competition out there. And, you know. And the NFL is comprised of probably about 40% SEC. SEC. Uh, that's a, that's a, a number I snapped out. <laughs> completely <laughs> out of the air. But yeah, do I mean, the yeah, math. Yeah. I mean, so and like you said, his release point is high. So I mean, he's, and he's good at avoiding hits. Yeah, so. yeah, and he's good at throwing in lanes. Yeah. You know, and he's good at he's good at throwing in lanes because of his IQ. Mm-hmm. He's his pre-snap reads and post-snap reads. There's nobody better. And I think that's what sets him apart from Stroud. You know, Stroud, he was throwing to five. First round NFL wide receivers, you know. wide open. Yeah, so wide ass open. You know, and if Bryce Young was six foot four, would we even be having oh, no. this discussion? 
No. It, I mean, if he was 6'4", 215, or 6'3", isn't that Str- Stroud, 6'3", 215-ish? Yeah, but, I mean, Stroud, Wet. when you see them side by side, not a huge difference. I'm not impressed with the size difference. Not really. Now, and, you know, if Bryce was 6'2 and better, we wouldn't be having this discussion. We would probably be discussing about what team Justin Fields, Justin Fields was just traded to. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> the Bears probably would say, Sure. Yeah, we're going to trade you and we're going to keep the pick instead of trading the pick. But now uh, yeah, I'm leaning towards Bryce Young going number 1. I don't I don't I think there's just too many too many things setting up. You know, the Panthers have brought in Adam Thielen, they brought in DJ Shark. They Miles got, Sanders. Yeah, they got Terrence Marshall Jr. who's mm-hmm. gotten better. He'll be entering his third year, which is the which is the year of the of the of the wide out, yeah. so to speak. Of course, so. you got Andy Dalton there that can you know start Andy the first few start games, start the few, and, first half of the season, and, and let them sit and, and absorb the game from the sideline and, and be ready. And I mean, I just I just think everything points towards. Yeah, I'm gonna start shopping for a number nine Panthers jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Speaking of that, we, well, we, we kind of transitioned from college to pro. So well, let me uh, finish the, the college talk. Oh, you got a little more college? Yeah, I was just going to make fun of Jalen Carter a little bit, the Georgia <laughs> Bulldogs. You know, Georgia, you're high on the horse. I figured I had to try to knock you down a peg or two. You know, yeah. your, your first run. You know, he was actually being stocked as, number one, as overall. number one overall. And I don't know that there's a stock that's fallen further. Yeah, now he's, he's probably – he might not even be – He's, he might not even be top ten anymore, and uh, I mean, he he even he even was out of shape at his pro day. I mean, yeah, doesn't well, it's, it's funny. Uh, the Bears traded out of that number one overall, and they still may wind up being able to take take Jalen Carter if they want him. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. What else you got on that, college? That, that was it on college. Okay. Um, well, they, uh, the the Commanders, and they've got two offers. Uh, one of them's by basically the 76ers owner, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Harris, and he's teaming up with Mitchell Rails, who's a billionaire, and then also Magic Johnson is a yeah. is a member of that group, and they made a six billion dollar offer, and then uh, billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos, <laughs> who's a, he's made all his he's a billionaire, he's all, a Canadian, Canadian billionaire, yeah. yeah, off of like real estate and stuff. Um, he made a six billion dollar offer. Now this Mitchell Rails, he's got a holdings conglomerate that's headquartered in D.C., hmm. so he's familiar with D.C. And of course, Philly's not that far, so uh, it makes sense for them. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what uh, everybody's hoping that that the sale goes down before the draft, which you, you got about four weeks before the NFL draft. So, did you see where Mike McDaniel? Did you see that video clip? Oh, about the coffee. About the coffee. <laughs> like, I couldn't even get a free cup of yeah, coffee. Yeah, really. You got a six billion dollar franchise, <laughs> and I can't get a free cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, Mike McDaniel. He's. He, I'm a fan of his. Yeah, for sure. And then the other uh, in the NFL. One thing I heard was that uh, you know they they were wanting to possibly make rough and the passer reviewable. Yeah, and it's not getting. The support that it no, needs. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I saw where they have about six different. You know, they're bringing back the zero, the number zero, yeah, and they, they approved, they approved that zero. And, yeah, 
And I thought for sure, you know, I knew that the rough in the past were being reviewable. I, I thought that would be a done deal. Yeah, no, I don't know that it's completely dead, but what I heard was that it's it's not doesn't look like it's going to get enough support to, hmm. to be able to be reviewable this year. So that kind of sucks. That does suck because that needs to be reviewable. You got anything else on the NFL? No, I mean, just uh, nothing. I mean, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Interesting, though, you know, nobody seems to want him. I, well, you know. Or is there a lot of work being done behind just No, I actually, I actually think that teams are scared, you know. Sure. He's a great athlete, but he puts himself at risk. You know, you're going to make this investment in this running quarterback that's more running than he is quarterback. Um, he's a better thrower than he gets credit for. Yeah. He's a better thrower than he gets credit for. I think he's. I think he gets the accurate credit. You know, he's not going. He's. If you keep him in the pocket, he's not going to beat you. No, he's definitely. He definitely wants to be out of the pocket and off schedule for sure. That's where he's most dangerous. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me that. You know, that in this era of running quarterbacks, you know, you have Lamar Jackson, and he's, I don't know if it, he, he's committed career suicide by Being representing himself or if it's because of his injuries. You know, the last couple of years he's missed the last quarter of the season. Yeah. So I think you add all that together and an aging quarterback that's yeah, running. T- you know, Tua catches hell for being injury prone. Well, Lamar's missed more games in the last couple of years than two. Exactly. Has. So exactly. you know, and I, you know, the NFL teams know that. Oh yeah, they know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you hear some people saying that the owners are kind of blacklisting them, and and you know, but I I think that there's a genuine concern as to investing all that money into him. Well, and, you know, when you win an MVP, you you immediately get that bump in pay that's right supposed bump in pay that he think has got coming to him yeah but you know it's just interesting to me that a former mvp somebody considered you know and i a lot of what i talk about is from a fantasy perspective too right yeah when you start thinking of quarterbacks i gotta erase the the fantasy aspect of it for the show And and he's young i think he's like um Stetson Bennett's age. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do think he, he is, really like, is. He's like been the same the, age. He's been in the league for 12 years, <laughs> and he's Stetson Bennett's age. <laughs> that cat's going to get a chance, though. He's you know, he uh, – I kind of think he's he, got the, I think he's going to be a sneaky steal, Yeah. you know, later in the draft. Um, well, they're talking Brock Purdy's earned the job. Yeah. You know, like he's and he he's was, earned it. Right. And he's he was Mr. Irrelevant, you know. Right, exactly. The last pick of the draft. You gotta and figure, so, you know, with Stetson's resume. He's clearly on par with Brock right, Purdy. Purdy. Yeah, exactly. So if he goes to the right situation, yeah. I think he'd be successful. I do too. I mean, I think he's got that. He's got that, got that smart. He's got that that moxie, desire to win. He's, he just, that's it. He's just a winner. Yeah, he's a winner. You can't really, you can't really discount him on anything, even size wise. You really can't discount him because he's decently proportioned. It's not like he's tiny, right? And yep. he can run. And he's fast. Yeah, yeah, he's got wheels, and he's got a strong, accurate arm. Give yep. him a pocket to throw in. Yeah, I think he's as, do well. as most quarterbacks give them a nice pocket, keep them clean, they can pick you apart. Well, I believe our uh, 
short episode just exceeded last week's episode. Did it really? It's pretty close. <laughs> got more to talk about. <laughs> well, baseball season starts in two days. Yeah, and I don't think there's a more exciting story right now to me than that Anthony Volpe for for the yeah, Yankees. Yeah, I watched the video today of when they when told they him. told him, yeah. yeah. I like those videos. Yeah. When they, because they, they the pulled that one off pretty good. Because mm-hmm. I thought, I even knew he was getting the job, and I thought he was getting sent back down to AAA. <laughs> yeah, no, 21 years old, man. He's almost on par with DJ Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if he's going to be the opening day starter. No, I think they said he was. Oh, okay. I think, I they, I think they told him you won the the starting job because I don't think they would have kept him up if he wasn't going to be the starter. Yeah, you know, I would have thought too because you know you're starting his service clock, so you you don't want to start it on your top prospect sitting on the bench. Right. You know that uh, Dominguez almost uh, made the the roster. You know, he had a hell of a spring yeah. also. Um, but they did decide to send him back down. Um, but I imagine he'll probably. What, he's 19? No, he's 20. 20? Yeah. No, yeah, he, he just turned 20. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. You think Yankees have got to. Yankees always have nice farm. Well, talent. but they usually tra- trade it all away because they're, they're always in win, win now mode. Right, so but they, they always... can. They seem to have the best scouts out there. and they, they Yeah, because I was reading, I was also reading about a pitcher. That's a homegrown pitcher that uh, uh, they're high on. I can't remember his name, but uh, yeah, this Anthony Volpe is just across the, the river in Jersey. You know, he's thirty miles outside of New York City, so he grew up a Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. Thought that's a pretty cool story. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, to a little minor league baseball. Yeah, the, the Charlotte Knights. Crawdads. Yeah, I Charlotte Knights open this weekend. Yeah, yeah, be cool. That's that's all I got. That's pretty much all I had. I'm ready to go over to that bar and uh, taste that weller and then rate, rate that shit. shit. See you at the bar. Cheers.